0: Hi everyone, please welcome Christoph Eichmeier, Lead Product Owner at Real Digital, previously Lead Product Owner Marketplace at Real Digital, former Team Lead at UX UI Design at Chefkoch, formerly Consultant at Deloitte Digital Germany, he loves mountain biking, backpacking and bikepacking. Christoph, great to have you. Thanks, Tina. You met lots of varying products, business models and clients during consulting, Switched then to digital recipes and are now digitalizing and hypermarket brand. What's your personal mis- mission?
1: Well, my, my personal mission is to um, bring together um, people who love to build digital products and to uh, combine their strength to to bring uh, to to eventually uh, bring the best value both to the customer and to the business. And yeah, in order to do that, I uh, try to find and develop um, good product designers, user researchers, product managers, bring them all together and try to figure out what what the best ways are to actually discover and uh, develop uh, software that actually become great products.
0: Until September this year, you had two roads at once, um, which are both Well, lead product owner and head of product design. Are your products more design-driven as head of PD, or what's the story behind?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I took over in um, roughly uh, a year year, the the position of the head of product design uh, while remaining a lead product uh, owner or lead product manager in uh, Real Digital, and uh, of course that led to some conflicts. For example, I was um building, building up the product design team, um, beginning of the year, hiring uh, a lot of new product designers and user researchers. And um, of course, at the same time, I had uh, was responsible for a certain number of uh, product teams who were longing for product designers. So uh, once I um, was able to uh, recruit one product designer in in my role as a head of product design, I then had to decide where where to put uh, that that person and where where. The highest need um, for a new product designer was, and uh, of course there was a little bit of a conflict because I had uh, a high interest also to um, uh, to assign these new product designers to to my teams so that my product components that I'm responsible for, um, you know, get uh, further developed, and uh, I, I kind of had to balance with these two roles for for a while.
0: Is that your teams? how many do you have what teams are they how do you look
1: well um at the moment i have i'm responsible for four teams um which are um um, um, are building the uh, checkout the uh, the payment um, uh, area um, and also the Uh, the after sales uh, area um, so um, the account where the customer can log in the help center where customers can ask for help once they uh, bought something at real.de and um, yeah uh, currently there are four teams but as we plan to grow in the future I guess there will be a couple of more in the next months
0: and each team how many people are on this team Uh, like designers product managers or how is it um, uh, yeah how is it together?
1: Yes, so we build uh, interdisciplinary product teams that we try to build as empowered product teams, giving them a mission, giving them some key metrics that they are responsible for, and then leave it up to the team to figure out how they uh, can best influence these key metrics uh, and what initiatives um, are necessary, and figure that out both within the team and together with the stakeholders on, on the business. Um, For that, in most of the teams, um, we have uh, a product designer, sometimes even two if the product is very complex. We always have a product manager for a team. And of course, we have software engineers that are also a viable uh, part of the uh, product team. Um, Then we have kind of overarching user researchers that um, are responsible for, uh, for, for all the product teams and help them to find the right discovery methods to actually uh, find out what the users want and what solutions work and what don't.
0: So you already talked about the metrics. Uh, We come to that later. Um, But before we do that, I'd like to go into um, the um, actual currently news. AI uh, was recently acquired by the Schwarz Group, which also owns Lidl and Kaufland. Uh, you stated that Kaufland will be rebranded in 2021. Are you working on the rebrand right now?
1: So we are currently pre- preparing for rebranding, um, because um, yeah, in uh, beginning uh, in, in next year, uh, we will become uh, Kaufland.de. And of course, there are lots of things to do and to prepare. So yes, we already have started with preparations.
0: Um, well, what is the main challenge of such a rebrand?
1: Well, I don't know where to start. So uh, I think there are uh, lots of challenges. Of um, one, uh, one big challenge, of course, is to um, combine all the functionalities that there are currently on Kaufland.de because that page is already existing. It's, uh, it's not an e-commerce uh, page, but uh, a lot of valuable information with regards to the Kaufland stores are provided to the users on Kaufland.de and we need to combine that with our e-commerce marketplace that is solely focused on selling goods online both from our own direct sales um, but uh, also from a large number of sellers at the moment we have more than 5,000 different sellers who sell their products on our platform and Um, Both of these information have to be combined so that both the users who look for information for their next uh, Kaufland store in in their hometown find their relevant information and the people who want to shop for Christmas uh, presents and want uh, uh, to buy the new iPhone also find all the information they need.
0: What has changed in terms of brand's vision? Do we have to combine also the vision of the brands, Real and Kaufland?
1: Yes. So um, of of course, the brand of uh, Kaufland uh, will develop further. Kaufland is currently um, a brand which is focused on stationary um, business only. And now that we uh, join the the Kaufland team and uh, the Schwarz group, um, we will, of course, add something um, both from a business side and also from a brand side.
0: Um, will there be a new role then for you or will it be the same? Do you know that yet? Well,
1: um, we will remain our business model um, as we have it right now. So being an, uh, an e-commerce marketplace. Um, and um, that also means that my role uh, for now will remain as it is. Of course, you never know what the future brings. Uh, sure. right, so, as I said we uh, we plan to grow further under um, the Schwarz Group and under the Kaufland brand, so I expect also uh, my area and my teams um, uh, to grow in the future.
0: Uh, where do you want to grow hmm.
1: Well, I guess um, I want to provide the customers the the best um, uh, experience uh, once they decided for a specific product. So this is my current responsibility. Once the customer really has decided, okay, I want to buy this product, then it's my responsibility and the responsibility of my teams to make that as easy and as smooth as possible. So going through the checkout process, going through the payment process, signing in, signing up, um, and uh, also providing transparent information about uh, the success of the purchase and everything that follows after that. Uh, both on, in the user interface and also in the, in the email communication, so that you know the customer has a really good feeling and um, always knows once I click on Add to Cart or on, on Buy at uh, real.de or Kaufland.de in the future that you know I can lean back from, the, from, from that point because I know that everything is easy and um, works the way I expect it to be.
0: Is the um the website or the um, online shop um, separated um, from a mobile app, or is it both? So you're dealing with both um, desktop and mobile versions?
1: So we don't have a, a native um, mobile app. Uh, what we do have uh, is a responsive website um, where, of course, we uh, mainly focus on smaller devices because this is where most people... Uh, shop nowadays.
0: Um, previ- uh, before, you um, for, we were formerly um, lead, um, product design lead at Chefko. Um, how different is a retailer rebrand in contrast to a digital recipes brand like Chefco?
1: Yeah, it's it's completely different. It's it's really a completely different business model. Um, at um, Real or uh, in the future Kaufland.de, uh, we are focusing really on on conversion, on selling something. So everything, all the metrics we have set up are uh, with, we are focused on um, uh, converting the customer, retaining the customer. Also, uh, after the customer bought something, to keep the customer happy and satisfied with the with the delivery and the product that he has. Um, so it's completely different from uh, a, a business model um, of, such as uh, Chefkoch.de. Uh, which mainly consists of um, providing um, the user with helpful information. In that example, it's it's mostly recipes that um, are provided to the customer, and um, in, in addition, uh, refinancing that by displaying relevant ads to to the customer. And of course, this um, uh, there's from a product design perspective always a struggle uh, to find a balance between kind of the business side, business interests, um, which means more advertisement, means more revenue, and on the other side, the users' needs, uh, where most of the users will say less advertisements means more customer satisfaction or user satisfaction, because when you ask customers, um, do you want to see more or less advertisement, of course, everyone will say, I want to see less. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So um, I know that you're working uh, with Design Sprints. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: You still are, right?
1: Yeah, but I have to admit that it became more and more difficult to do that in a, in a remote setting. And as much as I, I like working remote because it's it has a, a lot of benefits, um, um, what I really miss is the intensity that these kind of on-site Um, multi-day workshops such as the design sprint have. Um, I have done numerous uh, design sprints in in my last companies and what I always liked is the high level of energy that the participants showed when you, you know, bring them into one room and say, okay, now you have three, four, five days um, to come up with something that will actually be tested with users in the end. So there's really a goal um, to to build something, no matter how rough it will be. And I really haven't found a way yet to transport this kind of energy level to a virtual and remote workshop setting.
0: Um, Good to know. Um, So I also know that you're a great fan of the Google's heart framework for measuring UX. And now we're um, at the topic of the metrics and the measurements. well, this uh, hard framework was designed by Google's researchers Carrie Rodden and Hilary Hutchinson. How do you measure those UX metrics at Treehugger Digital and uh, later TE? Yes. So maybe,
1: maybe first of all, uh, I have to say that I'm a huge fan of um, making um, m- m- of, of asking uh, product designers to to focus on certain metrics because um what 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 um i am what what i try to tell uh, the product designers at real digital is that um, it's not about the output such as the number of iterations that um, uh, a designer makes with his designs or the number of users that see a certain design but it's all about the impact and the outcome that is generated by these uh, designs and it might be that the first design is already uh, that good that it provides a tremendous impact to, to the company's metrics, uh, while at the same time I have seen teams struggle with you know doing iterations and iterations of uh, uh, certain designs and uh, UX improvements and not showing any impact, any outcome of, of the whole process at all. So this is why I like to tell the product designers um, Think about, really, the, the metrics. What do you want to achieve in the end? And this um, and, and for this, in order to get there, I found it very helpful to use um, frameworks such as the Google Heart framework, as you, as you mentioned, because it helps people to really um, uh, come closer to their key metrics and not try to, to jump there in, in one big step. Um, and, of course, for us, as I said, as it was, we are a commerce Um, business, everything that is related to conversion is very important to us, but we we must not forget at the same time that customer satisfaction is also very important. And um, uh, I always uh, tell tell the the teams, both the product designers or the the product managers, um, that they should make sure that the metrics they are focusing on really can be influenced by them as a team. Um, It doesn't doesn't help if a team says, well, okay, we want to improve customer satisfaction, so let's look at the overall NPS, for example, net promoter score um, in our company, because the overall net promoter score is influenced by so many different uh, variables uh, and aspects that it's then really hard to tell if one certain activity of a team led to Uh, an increase or decrease in the Net Promoter Score. So I'm trying to help the teams find metrics that are specific for their business, that they can influence and also measure with a high confidence level um, uh, and and say, okay, this increase or decrease in the the key metric that we identified really is due to the fact that we changed something in the product. There are
0: other uh, metrics Examples for happiness, the perceived ease of use, are you measuring those as well?
1: Um, Yes, for example, um, uh, time to complete task. Um, So, we of course measure how long does it take for a customer to, for example, go through the whole checkout process, because checkout is a very complex process if you look into it, um, where a lot of things can go wrong. And um, we, of course, look at success rates, but uh, we also look at, for example, the time it takes customers to um, go through that. And uh, we have tools that allow us to then um, look at um, user recordings, user session recordings that fulfill certain criteria. So we can select the customers that um, uh, need a very long time compared to the average to go through the checkout and then specifically. Uh, look at their journey and try to optimize uh, the journey then based on, on the outcome of um, these analysis
0: So you mentioned um, like recording tools, what how do you do that and what tools are you using exactly?
1: Right, so the tool that I was um, referring to right now with the example is called Content Square um, I think it's a French tool that uh, we use quite intensively because it has, compared to other tools, also compared to Google Analytics, for example, that we're using as well, a very low barrier um, entry barrier. Um, and I mean, if I approach a product designer and say you have to work more um, data driven, then no- normally that um, the, the, the product designer in the first step, shies away from from that challenge because it's not what product designers typically learn in their uh, education. Um, so it's a new topic, and uh, for that the hurdle seems to be very high. So of course I cannot ask a product designer in the first step to write any SQL code to do some uh, to do some queries on on raw data. Um, but tools such as Content Square. Um, that have a nice uh, user interface and are easily uh, approachable, so to say, um, help uh, product designers also work with these kind of quantitative data in addition to the qualitative analysis that they do with uh, uh, user testings and so on.
0: So are you uh, recording um, real people? Are you um, interviewing them uh, remotely or in your lab?
1: Yes. So um, before Corona, we um, (laughs) spent, uh, um, I would say, a considerable amount of of money and effort to build a dedicated UX lab with all the tools that you need for such a a lab. Um, But now, unfortunately, we cannot use all these tools because um, we cannot invite um, users in person to interview them. But we we changed um, all the user testing to a remote setting as well. And I mean, that has upsides and downsides. Uh, I would say a, a, a con is that with remote testing, you always have a tool barrier because people have to, you know, make sure that their sound and video is working. And uh, yeah, everything is, 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 uh, is working for them. And I mean, they, they don't have a technician that sits next to them and can help them if uh, anything goes wrong. Um, so that's a downside. But on on the other side, uh, what it allows us to do is to recruit users um, more geographically diverse. So before, when we invited users to come to our office, most of these people came from Cologne or the environment. Um, But now we can basically recruit from all over Germany, which gives us uh, a more diverse insight.
0: And um... Um, I'm just curious, is the feedback of customers changing in terms of preferences or trends? For example, at Reality Digital, is product ma- management changing in direction to more sustainable products, for example?
1: Mm, no, I don't see that yet. I still see like a high um, um, a high sensitivity to, to pricing uh, when it comes to customer decisions. So um, when we talk to customers, this is to many people um, the, the the most important criteria. They want to get uh, the product for the best price, and of course, everything else like payment options, delivery, and so on needs to work uh, need to work as well. But um, yeah, in my observation, when it comes to our like standardized articles, such as a washing machine, a TV, or the new smartphone, uh, then it's all about the price.
0: Okay, and um, it, well, it's for price is for people um, generally an issue, um, but in terms of um, additional um, features or information, mm-hmm. um, are you using tools or methods like personas or buyer personas, or do you have something else? Or you don't have an at all.
1: Well, uh, I have to admit that this is something that we have been discussing for a long time, and uh, at the moment, uh, we we don't have um, a, a, as deep user insights as I would would like to have, and maybe that level is never reached because I always want to have more insights. Um, but what we um, what we do is that we uh, kind of not only do specific scenarios where we test specific questions but we also try to generate um more generic insights about shopping behavior and about the you know the the um the way that people perceive real.de in general and as a brand and as a platform by um by by doing like more general testings where we uh, invite users to uh, buy a, a, a random product that they uh, wanted to do. Uh, wanted to buy anyway. Give them a voucher so that um, they they have some um, motivation to buy it on real.de, and then uh, follow and observe them through the whole process to find out anything that comes, any problem that comes along.
0: Um, really nice to hear. Um- uh, would you say that a designer or a designer's intuition is more valuable than data?
1: No, I would not say so. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, in data we trust. Um, so, um, because I mean, if you if you uh, would would allow this argument, then um, this would maybe work for one designer, but put two designers in a room. And one has a gut feeling, the other one has a gut feeling too. So who wins now? Um, and you, you basically cannot solve this. Of course, ideas um, need to come from inspiration, from uh, also experience. And it's it's totally fair that product designers build hypothesis and say, okay, based on um, market observation, based on my prior experience, Um, working for a different company based on my personal experience I think that by doing this we could achieve this outcome that's totally fair to come up with this hypothesis but it's worth nothing until it has been tested
0: what was your most interesting or most innovative project lately
1: What I really liked um, is something that is um, already a while ago. That was uh, last year when I was still working for Chefkoch. And uh, we built a new app, which was a a shopping uh, list app um, called uh, uh, the Chefkoch Smart List. I was involved from the very start on in developing the idea, developing the first prototype of it. Um, And then I left the company. And um, other people took over, um, but that was really a project that that I loved because the way it was set up, um, it was e- exactly um, as I wished a product discovery to be: um, very hypothesis-driven, very test-driven, um, and very um, insights-driven, um, so to say. Um, Yeah, I I love that very much. Of course, there are other projects that I'm currently working on for the i.de that are very challenging and exciting at the same time. But unfortunately, I cannot talk about them right now.
0: I guess so. (laughs) And for your smart list, um, did you get to to know the experiences or those people who experienced the app? Did you get feedback there? Did you see how they liked it, um, how they used it? What was your feeling?
1: Well, as a, I, w- I was only involved in the in the um, first um, iteration of the of the prototype, um, but um, of course from the from the very start on, we involved customers, and our idea uh, was from the very beginning to have like a pool of beta testers that would give us um, um, feedback often and regularly. And, this, this was a, an approach that, from my point of view, also paid off uh, quite well, um, because there were a couple of hundreds of uh, users in that pool uh, later that then um, helped to to uh, helped a lot to gain insights on a regular base without the necessity of deploying a new software version to uh, all the thousands and hundreds of thousands of users that came later.
0: Um. So in terms of new technology, um, how is Real or Kaufland integrating um, technologies like AI or machine learning?
1: Well, I cannot tell um, you right now how Kaufland is doing, as uh, we we are currently focusing on on the the rebranding. But um, at uh, at Real, we we have a team of data scientists who. Um, Um, Work together with the product teams uh, and identify um, spots um, where it could be most valuable to apply uh, data science methodologies such as uh, using machine learning or so on um, to uh, improve our product product components. So yes, we have a dedicated team and dedicated data scientists that then work together with uh, uh, software engineers. To build models and to improve these models.
0: So, you're still evaluating on that, right?
1: Well, we are um, using kind of uh, um, uh, these kind of machine learning algorithms when it comes to um, recommending products uh, to our customers because um, these are uh, building good recommendations um, is um, a very complicated thing. And for for this, we of course need a lot of data that we then try to apply in a way that is most beneficial for us as a business, but also for the customer.
0: Does Real Digital or Kaufland has a North Star metric, like the one metric that uh, they follow, not only (laughs) the designers or the product teams?
1: Well, yeah, I would say there is uh, one. One key metric, which is like the most metric, and that's the uh, GMV, so the uh, gross marketplace volume, which uh, 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 which means um, like the the whole amount um, or the, the the whole revenue that is traded above our company. That's not the revenue that we as a marketplace make because we if if a seller sells something on real.de, we don't get the full price as a revenue but only a commission Um, but the GMV is uh, the the whole revenue and of course we're aiming to maximize that because we're a platform we're a marketplace and platforms uh, are all about growth and all about size so that uh, you know economics economics of scale uh, apply and that's what we're aiming for to maximize our GMV.
0: Uh, you, you said that uh, yes, you're currently focusing on the rebrand, on getting the teams together to build teams to uh, later on grow all the products. Um, what is your personal um, like mission or vision for your role at um, Real and Kofland? What's the next mm-hmm. step for you?
1: Yes, um, I mean basically, I'm I'm managing um, product managers that then manage uh, their teams to come up with uh, the, the best results. and my goal is to um, find um, some more uh, great product design product managers for um, for for the teams that we're about to to build in the future and to develop and grow the product managers uh, that we already have um, to help them become their uh, the best version of, of themselves, so to say.
0: And um, by the way, for the audience, um, Real Digital in Kaufland is a remote uh, first company, meaning that talents are working from wherever they want, especially now in times of the pandemic. Um, so you're looking for new talents right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's that's correct. If you go to www.real um, uh, uh, digital.de, um, you will find our open positions there. But uh, in general, just approach me or uh, someone from our HR team and engage in a discussion with us. We're always looking for new tech talents.
0: We'll uh, include uh, your profiles, uh, of course, um, in the subtitles. Um, What do they need to have in terms of skill sets, product designers, product managers?
1: Yeah. I think what applies to both product designers and product managers is that they need to have a good business understanding. I don't just want to have a product designer who's a good designer, but I want, as I said earlier, that designer to know what he's building for, to know what he's focusing on, what outcome he wants to, what she wants to achieve. So um, they they should know um, what the, the most relevant uh, business metrics for us as a company and for their respective team are.
0: Okay. Well, we have always um, our top five list uh, where I ask every guest on the show, um, what's your number one book?
1: Oh, um, my number one book certainly is inspired by Marty Kagan because this is uh, the blueprint for our tech and product organization. And we try to shape the roles and shape our organization. Um, in a very, very similar way to what Marty Kagan describes as a kind of a best-off of his Silicon Valley experience.
0: Your number one resource can be a blog, podcast, magazine. Mm.
1: What I really like is the, the new work. Uh, podcast. Um, it doesn't have to do anything with product design or product management specifically, but in that podcast, um, the the two hosts are talking to people who kind of are top notch when it comes to the way people collaborate. And I think that it's crucial, not only in times of Corona, but also looking ahead, to really optimize. Uh, the way that that people collaborate and work together. Um, so, um, yeah, I like this podcast. I get a lot of inspiration out of it.
0: Your number one person you follow?
1: Um, I don't think that there is one specific person I follow. There are some um, people on LinkedIn or on Twitter. I'm not that active on Twitter, I have to admit. Um, but I don't have one specific person that, that comes to my mind.
0: Number one, research method.
1: Um, Always the the classic um, usability testing. So um, build a prototype, how shabby um, it it may be, um, can be even an analog prototype, and and then sit down with a customer, preferably in person, not virtually, um, and, and see if that person can figure out how to use it
0: number one skill a product designer or product manager must have you decide which one you choose <laughs>
1: okay then uh i'll focus on on the product designer um, and my number one um skill that i require from a product designer is to um to, to be focused on customer needs and to make sure and to do everything to understand customer needs. Not by guessing, but by interviewing customers, by observing customers, and to really distilling um, the essence of, of the user needs.
0: Before we come to the end of today's episode, one last request. Give our listeners, our audience, a statement that you would like to see spread around the world.
1: If you want to become a world-class product designer, don't work on your Figma skills, um, but work to better understand what makes your business tick, what the main metrics are, learn them, and make sure that you optimize for these metrics.
0: Great. Um, Gustav, thank you so much. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you very interesting great insights thank you so much
1: thanks for having me Tina